Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to experience the Gut Check Project, talking science, health, and innovation that you can actually use. But this isn't just another health show. No, no. We're here to have fun and make your time enjoyable. And you like to have fun, right? Well, while you are enjoying yourself, know that even though the GCP covers some health topics with healthcare pros, we are not your doctors. So use our show to entertain your mind and not for medical advice. And now, here are your hosts of the Gut Check Project, Dr. Ken Brown and Eric Rieger. Hello, KBMD Health family and Gut Check Project fans. I'm your host, Eric Rieger, joined by a better man, Dr. Kenneth Brown. What's up, Ken? Dobrodan, Eric. Oh, well, good afternoon to you, too, sir. Dobrodošiaľ <laughs> natrag. I agree. It is good to be home. We're back. Exactly. This is the episode 73, Return from Croatia episode. It is. We, we did return from Croatia, which means that we had to have gone to Croatia. Correct. So, oh, man, I like your uniform. <laughs> That's awesome. This is the only way that we get to wear T-shirts going forward, thanks to Stephen. <laughs> Stephen doesn't want us wearing T-shirts anymore, but if we have them matching, we can get away with it, which means... We just have to keep going places. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your takeaway? Because, number well, number one, you set the stage. Why did we go to Croatia? There we go. Why are we wearing this shirt Why that are we says wearing this shirt? Baby Bathwater Island? Yeah. There's a lot of questions. Can you even see that before we? Probably not. Anyway. We're wearing shirts that say Baby Bathwater Island. So we, Eric and I, belong to a group of incredible humans called the Baby Bathwater Institute. And once a year, they gather from internationally to meet on an amazing island off of Croatia, which, as it turns out, is an amazing country. But I'll let you talk about Baby Bathwater first as to why we even went there. Wow. So, Baby Bathwater, you did say that you and I have been in the group uh, recently. We've we've begun, uh, well, we've been fortunate that uh, Mike's been joining us. He's been in the last uh, two meetings, and I think that he has enjoyed himself as well by just really getting out and meeting, but we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. But in the early go of Atron Teal, Ken and I both were in search of how do we augment our efforts to make certain that we're connecting with the right people. And by right people, it's you don't want people taking Atron Teal that don't, they can't benefit from it. So how do you, in essence, get a good message that's well understood but received by the correct people. And it sounds like marketing, but that's not really what we wanted to do. If we wanted marketing, we just would have blasted it out and told anybody to go and buy the product. Well, it's because we have a greater why. Yes. We want to help people. That's exactly right. We, we, if we're not going to help someone, it doesn't really do us any good to have them buy the product. So we kind of went on a, a journey looking for different groups to find who could help best us collaborate. And it turns out, that after being in a completely separate group, which served its purpose, but we became friends with a couple of people, Seth Spears and Christine Failer specifically, who suggested, especially Christine said, I'm going to introduce you to Michael Lovich and Hollis Carter. And I said, that sounds great. What does that mean? And she goes, baby bathwater. Y'all need to be doing that. You and Ken would really benefit from it because Y'all have an altruistic message. Now, that immediately stood out to me because we weren't necessarily, even though we were in a healthcare entrepreneurs group, to be honest, it didn't feel like that the altruism behind the mission 
really matched where we were. They gave us tools and things to use, but it wasn't, it, it didn't always fit the, the mode that we were, that we were after. So, um, fast forward, I ended up getting a call from a guy named, uh, Michael Lovich, uh, mm-hmm. hilarious, had a great con uh, conversation with him. He said, why don't you come down to Austin? Cause I'm going to be in town in Texas and, uh, come and hang out with, uh, Hollis and I, let's get to know you a little bit better. And next thing I, I knew without really telling Ken, I signed us up to go to a meeting. And then I told you what, two months before we left that we're going to Utah. Yes. And going so we, to Utah. So <laughs> what are we going there for? Just don't worry about it. Yeah, Let's don't, just go. Don't worry about it. You're going to, I just knew after meeting them though, that, and the, how they described the group and what it is that they were after was a collaboration. It's a collaboration of people that they said that they were rather skilled at assembling people, vetting them so that their mission wasn't just solely focused only on business, but there was altruistic aspects to it too. And that's actually what introduced us to people like Generosity Feeds or Ron Clubundy. And that led to us doing one of my more favorite charity events that every time it comes through Dallas, which unfortunately for COVID, it slowed down a little bit, but packing meals for underprivileged children and imagine taking your family to go and do that. We wouldn't have run into that opportunity at that level just all on our own. Yeah, exactly. And he came on the podcast. I don't remember what episode that was, oh, was right but that was like, like like a day before COVID. The day before COVID. <laughs> yeah, wrong COVID. Or day before shutdown of Texas kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, you're right. It was the yeah. day before the announcement of the close of South Bay. Yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, so that's kind of the premise behind the group. It's lots of healthcare-oriented entrepreneurs and at the same time complemented by people who serve the healthcare industry. Yeah, so it's... it's it, Incredible event, incredible people, and we thought we would do this episode to kind of recap our experience on it and to also share some of the cool content that that we went to, that we heard, because I think we want to share that with the audience because it's very, it's relative to everyone. It's not just business or healthcare. Some of it is healthcare, some of it is biohacking, some of it is leadership, some of it is coping. It's just amazing how so many people that are experts in these fields can get up there and talk about that. When you say, though, that probably a base denominator for every business that is in there. It's essentially to improve the life of its customers. I mean, I can't think of a single business that we have there that the end product isn't a better life for whom they engage with. So things may not feel like they fit into health at at every aspect, but in the end, they're literally making life better for those that they engage with. 100%. So let's, um, all right. So that's the background why we were in the shirt. That's the background why we went to Croatia. So uh, let's talk about first the trip to Croatia and I'll go ahead and start because, um, I actually went a little early. My family had obligations and I had already taken the time off of work. So I went, I went a few days early. I did something, um, some new technology, super cool. So I teleported from Dallas directly to Frankfurt and I don't know. I didn't know that technology existed. And I, but they must have given me an upgrade or something. So it was amazing. I uh, got on the plane, the American Airlines plane, and the stewardess came up and said, you know, here's your uh, meal, whatever it is. It's a nine hour flight. And then she gave me the teleportation dust on my food or something. And then she said, do you want to be woken up for breakfast? And I said, no. And then all of a sudden I showed up in Frankfurt and they, she nudged me and said, you're in Frankfurt now. And I was like, that was amazing. I literally closed my eyes and teleported to Frankfurt. You should try that. I don't think that's what happened at all. I think you were drugged. There's no way that that's how that unfolded. So I got roofied on American Airlines. 
I don't want to implicate American Airlines, but I don't. Think- I want I want that experience every single time. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to slip the old roofie tip to somebody and go, just make sure I just teleport there. <laughs> I literally closed my eyes and woke up and went, oh my gosh, that was the greatest flight I've ever had. That actually is the best way to travel, I would imagine, if you don't have to recall the mundaneness of just sitting in an airplane. But that's good. Yeah. I'm glad that was your experience. So then once I got into Croatia Split, which is the city we flew into, so I had three days by myself, which initially uh, my wife, Lloyda, was just like, you're going to be so bored. And I was like, man, maybe I will. I'll be three days. I had no obligations. I had really nothing. I wasn't bored at all. I woke up, walked around. I would see bakeries open up and I would go in and eat croissants and have just, I just was completely, and it was amazing. My stomach didn't get upset, walked and walked and walked, saw a city, met the people, did the usual thing. And almost to the point where I think that sometimes, at least me, at least me and my family, when we vacation, if you make the effort to go someplace, Uh it's almost like you tried it. Well, we're over here. Let's try and see everything. And I had so much more fun just saying, I'm going to see this place and really be this place. Yeah. Didn't mean to cut you off, but it's almost like. You experience what it would be to kind of live there versus be a tourist there. Yes, exactly. I was just, I, I made friends with the, you know, local restaurants that I was enjoying. I made friends. I did, um, anyways, I, I did like everything. It was just weird to do this, but what was really cool is I've been working on being present mm-hmm. and doing Sam Harris's uh, um, Waking Up app, which mm-hmm. is all about the present. It's not, you're not worried about the future and you're not lamenting the past. And it was really interesting to just walk around and be like, I am present. I am here. I am seeing this. This is interesting. Then you start taking it to the next level. What am I? I'm not really, I'm just this consciousness in this meat suit walking around. (laughs) And I just really had this great, it was almost like a constant form of controlling my, my emotions to stay present at all times. It was really cool. Very cool. Uh, so, but you enjoyed getting to Croatia a few days early, obviously, mm-hmm. and a little bit of local culture. Uh, when by the time I arrived, um, you had already kind of honed in on a fantastic restaurant that we had the, my first meal yes. in Croatia. Yeah, where we celebrated Brooks' thirtieth, and the food is just absolutely off the charts. It's all local; they do everything there locally. So it's whatever's growing, that's what you're getting is the vegetable. Whatever they caught. That's what you're getting is the protein. It was amazing. So the and the geography in the in the region, of course, uh, Croatia is a, is a coastal country, and I learned from a friend that there's as many as 1,100 islands that are off the coast there. But it's of course on the Adriatic Sea, which is really, if you look at it, it's just an extension of the Mediterranean Sea. But Mediterranean, that region. What do we talk about on this show, in the clinic, to the patients, to really anybody that we help give. Advice to, it's about polyphenols in a Mediterranean-rich diet. That's essentially what we had for a little over a week. Absolutely. And then when you start thinking about the benefit of omega-3s, which Mm -hmm. we're learning more and more about the great benefit of that, that's in the seafood. So you've got this fantastic polyphenol plus the omega-3s that you're getting. And you could totally see. The one thing that caught me a little off guard, and I haven't looked at the statistics yet, there's a lot of people smoking and split. Like, almost everyone it seemed like but they do not i'm pretty sure they do not have a higher incidence of coronary vascular disease they don't have a higher incidence of diabetes in fact uh i was just listening to a a lecture by Rhonda patrick and i actually put the same slide in the talk that i gave for that webinar but basically people with low omega-3s have 
as much a risk of developing cardiovascular disease as a smoker. So if you okay. have really low, if you have high omega-6s versus your omega-3 ratio, mm -hmm. that's as bad as smoking. And if you take a smoker and you make sure that their omega-3s stay real high, it almost nullifies the smoking risk. I know that there are studies out there, and I can't call them off the top of my head, but I didn't know you were going there, but I know... Much like HDL versus LDL, these ratios, they matter. Um, and by that, I'm talking about the natural availability of your body to produce and utilize antioxidants. Mm -hmm. Because that's those scavengers stopping those um, radical oxygenation species, ROS, are essential to basically prevent disease and cancer. It really doesn't matter. Um, I guess it does matter what your risk uh, increases by smoking, et cetera. But you still have to nourish your body so that it can it can defeat or stop or you know slow down the progression of disease through ROS or NOS or anything else like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So food amazing. Makes sense why the Mediterranean diet's healthy for you now, now living it. And I felt, you know, fantastic the whole time. Yeah. My journey wasn't quite as cool. I didn't have as much Did uh, you teleport? I didn't tell. I don't have the sense that I teleported at all. I and from now on, whenever you get roofied, we're just going to call it teleporting. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I like that you say from now on as if it happens a lot. But uh, no, I didn't have a bad trip at all. I slept for most of the flight over, but um, I stopped in London and I went from Dallas to London. And then uh, while waiting on the next leg, which was London to split, it's great. Uh, this community that we're in has really fostered some, they're not superficial at all. They're, they are, they're true friendships. And um, two people, as I'm waiting on the plane uh, to depart, show up. And ironically, they're both our TPs. And that was uh, Tracy Phelps and Tim Power. And I've been more excited to see uh, both of them. And uh, we were waiting uh, for us to take off the, uh, uh, the next leg. And of course, uh, Nearish joined us on the flight and then it turns out Omar was on our flight. And so we had a nice, uh, a nice convoy headed to split to get started on a BBW. I guess it's a rally point kind of, we were there at the, uh, what was the name of the hotel? Olympia. The Olympia sky in Vidocce. In Vidocce. And uh, so that was what, about 45 minutes from split. Yeah. So a nice countryside coastal drive in a bus. Where you could kind of see a lot. And it's just, honestly, it's just beautiful country. It's just beautiful. So let's, um, I think that's our recap for everybody to let them know <laughs> so far that yeah, it's a cool place. Go, just go, yeah, just go. It's cool. Very much so. So let's talk about the content that was there because I think we, there's some pretty important stuff to share. Like I was part of a really great panel with Wellness Mama, Katie Wells, and Dr. Emil, known as, or he's known as Dr. Emil, but that's Emil Hudzovic. And the current state of affairs in longevity was our panel and what we talked about. And from my take, so my portion of it, really what I wanted to share with everybody is how if you keep your microbiome young, you'll stay young. And as it turns out, I started going down some rabbit holes in literature. And I think that we are going to go through a series of longevity podcasts because I read so much stuff. And a lot of it is very confusing, and I just want to condense it down and put it in lay terms. And so we're going to probably do a series of longevity, maybe two or three podcasts. But that was my contribution. You actually went to it. What uh, what was your thought of it? I actually enjoyed uh, the breakdown. Of course, you and I have talked a lot about the content that you presented in far more detail because it could have filled up hours. But um, 
the combination of you, Katie, and email, I thought was really, really palpable and people could understand where we're coming from because y'all hit on essential basics. And by that, Katie talked about external modalities, including sauna and, and why that's important. And I mean, I think that you and I have even talked that a few years ago, I didn't understand fully the idea behind sauna strategy because there literally is a, a sauna strategy. And so she talked briefly about why you would want to be uh, concerned about that. Um, you talked a little bit about what you covered and it was lots of, there are a lot of avenues to explore, but I felt that the entire message was really grounded as well by email, which is why I know they put y'all together. The email himself is an MD, but at the same time, he said, if you're not taking care of the basics, literally the, the good nutrition, the rest, the exercise, uh, getting the right amounts of sun, et cetera, then forget learning everything else. There is no small modality that's going to save you. You have to have a good foundation and really that could be applied to anything. Yeah. That's the whole thing about the biohacking. Everybody wants like a really simple thing. And he's like, don't even bother doing, don't even bother taking a supplement if you're not eating well, sleeping well, and fasting on a somewhat regular basis and whatever type of fasting you do. And that's why each one of these things, the topics that we can talk about mm -hmm. is why I, whenever I discuss things with my patients, I want to make sure if you understand the why your drive can be much better. If I just say, just do this and you don't understand it, then your motivation to do it is less. But if I told you Sauna's anti-aging because this study showed all-cause mortality decreased. You can turn on a, a process called the FOXO3 process, where then you explain that in detail why you want that. You uh, turn on heat shock proteins that you know can do this. This is why. So next time you're in a sauna and you go, oh, man, I want to get out of here, you go, no. Right now I'm flipping on my heat shock proteins. Right now my FOXO3 is kicking in. This is when the magic happens and you can really push through anything. He who has a why can overcome basically any what. Definitely. So I, yeah, I, I totally agree with, with that total assessment. And, it, and, and the cool thing is, is she didn't have to go into a lot of depth around heat shock proteins, but I feel like that everyone who was there to, who was motivated to learn a little bit more could then go and find out why the action of a heat shock protein matters protecting your DNA, protecting the length of telomeres. Why is that important? And the, the cool takeaway from the talk overall was the science and the exploration of longevity is not about just simply living longer. It's living healthy while living. And that's important. Yes, absolutely. The biggest thing on longevity, and we'll get into it here, I just dawned on me that I, I have a... Um, my take on keeping your microbiome young, what I would like to do is do a complete presentation um, and just we'll just upload it to our audience on on YouTube where people can kind of look at it and you know look at the science behind it because it gets real in-depth and then we'll do an episode or whatever but it all it all comes into that health span is the key here you want to live ideally you want to live fantastically right up to that last second at 158 years old and then you just go I'm done and you just check out <laughs> yeah you could do that <laughs> one way to do that. Um, so then after that, right after me was an incredible presentation by two uh, amazing um, seals. Oh my gosh. So yeah. 
The, the lecture that I listened to was an effective decision-making in high-stress situations. So this goes for everybody. And they um, were able to relate it to business. But when you stop and think about it, these things that these elite people have been taught through their special training. And these elite people are, are Itamar Morani, and he's the CEO of Morani Consulting. He happens to be an ex-Israeli special forces, uh, former undercover agent, his Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And then Chris Smith, who is a former Navy SEAL, founder of Trident Athletics and Mindset Training. He's an adventure athlete, like the Eco Challenge 11-day endurance test. And he did the 465-mile 10-day adventure race called Primal Quest. I know. He's a real underachiever. Yeah, I know. you can't do that stuff while you're while you're roofing yourself. Also, yeah. and something else that you're leaving off about Chris is uh, Chris is a huge Bill Withers fan as well as Parliament Funkadelic and the Boy Can Dance, <laughs> and he's a lot of fun. So it's Mars part what what he got into, and this is kind of amazing. This is why we wanted to share it with everybody. How we think about stress is important, which is why I kind of hinted at the whole sauna thing. Mm-hmm. How you think about stress is really important. If you can reframe the stress and view it as not difficult, but an opportunity to do something, then you can actually stay within the moment and change your mindset about it to make it the opportunity instead of just being a difficult situation. Mm -hmm. And they're trained in this because obviously these two guys are the extreme special forces. They're in really stressful, uncomfortable situations all the time. Uh, Because as Itamar said, that when you become emotional, rationale goes out the window. Yeah. And so the key in any situation is control the emotions so that you can think logically. And he mentioned that all humans all have fear, including these two superheroes. Everyone has fear. And fear is usually related to a few things, worthiness, um, abandonment, and uncertainty. So like thinking about uncertainty, when we feel like we have a lack of control, sometimes in our lives we start to micromanage. Yeah. And we've seen that in business a lot where people feel that <laughs> if things are a little out of their grasp, then trying to gain control means micromanaging things so you feel like you're moving forward. Uh, worthiness. A lot of times people suffer from imposter syndrome. They're like, especially if you're in a leadership position oh my gosh, am I really the person that should be leading this and everything? He goes, but in, but in the military, you have to believe that you are there. You are, you are worthy to be there and you went through all this training. Same thing in business and in life. Imposter syndrome, this is weird. I'm a brand new dad. You're worthy to be this brand new dad and you're going to be a great dad. And then the abandonment. He, this was kind of interesting because he said many times we abandon what we can't perceive as possible. Yes. So you don't take that first step forward. You're like, I'm not capable of that. And so I'm just going to abandon the whole idea. Reframe your mind to say that I'm willing to fail at this to learn something. Yeah. That's key. Really. Think about how many times we were told when we started the company that just the fact that you've left, you've essentially left 90% of your your competition behind. Just because you took the just, chance. Just taking the jump. Just to do. And then what Itzmar said is that a lot of his clients and what he coaches, and I believe he coaches very high-level people. You can go to his website. and We'll, we'll have in the show notes um, where you can get hold of all these people. But he said that when you don't address these things, the uncertainty, the worthiness, and the abandonment, mm-hmm. um, then you can actually 
go to numbing agents. And that's when we kind of circle back about how people abuse certain things. And, you know, no matter what those things are, uh, that's what he works with his clients. He said, we're going to address this because he said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will dictate your life. So he said, we will, you have to deal, it's going to be painful, whether it's painful now to bring this to the surface and address it or the pain of regret later when you could have made this huge change in between. And that's something very interesting because there are a lot of very introspective people in this group that have gone through the work to figure this stuff out. And some of them have written books on it and some of them are coaches and it's very interesting. So I thought that was really cool because when you have a uh, Israeli special forces, former undercover agent talking like this, it's like, yeah, this makes sense. I don't know why, maybe it's my own impressive, I mean, they're like superheroes, right? And you're just like, wow, if these guys are talking like this, then yeah. And then Chris came up and Chris um, is a hugely dynamic speaker. And he discussed the process of decision-making that Navy SEALs train in. His energy is completely incredible and infectious. And he did open with this quote and said it three times and then had to tell everybody. It was really funny. He goes, I'm going to say this, a short pencil is better than a long memory. And everybody's like, cool, short pencil, long memory. He goes, a short pencil's better than a long memory. Cool, thank you. And he goes, take some notes. <laughs> Pull out a pen, take notes. I'm going to tell you some stuff. <laughs> Y'all think you're smart, but <laughs> it'll make sense. A little short pencil like this is going to oh, stay yeah. forever. And so, anyways, I thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, I'm going to use that. And then his the philosophy of the Navy SEALs is team gear first, then my gear, then me. Team gear my gear, me. And he said, if you adapt this to your life and into business, then the greatest thing, the greatest outcome happens because every decision has to have a greater why. Mm -hmm. And once you make that decision, it becomes binary. You move forward. Once you've made it, there is no doubt now. And he gave a bunch of really cool anecdotal stories in the Navy SEALs, but once they make a decision, they're all in. Yeah. And you may have to make some adjustments on the fly. In fact, I'll even say this because somebody raised their hand and said, wait a minute, if you make a decision and you're wrong, he goes, remember, it's team, my gear, here. It goes, you're still in this mix. Yep. And he goes, and he tells this incredible story about how they were going under trying to plant, they were in a hostile territory and him and two seals were scuba diving to a boat to come underneath to lay some bombs so that his other team can come over and come up top. They had two hours worth of air and... They were like an hour swimming to it, and he's a great storyteller. I'm going to completely ruin it, but basically they got trapped under the boat. It was totally dark. They couldn't get out. And he goes, I swam over here, bong, I hit something. I swam over here, bong, I hit something. You're looking down, and I realize, okay, we've got about, you know, 12 minutes of air left. We've been trapped in here for about 30 minutes. He goes, just stay calm. you got to sit there and get out. And then, you know, he said, I, all I did is realize if I don't do this, those guys are going to get killed that are coming in. My teammates are going to get killed. The gear has to happen here. And he said, that's what kept me calm. Not, oh my gosh, I'm going to run out of air and die. And that's how come they stayed focused and got out. And it was, it was harrowing the way he was telling the story. And he did, it, well, I don't even think it was part of the talk. I think he was just like saying, well, yeah, it's going to be about you. But still, you take care of you to make sure the greater good still happens. It was really cool. So his attitude is that... Um, in life and in business, what can I do to affect my team? If you have that feeling, like what can I do to help my team out? Always find a reason bigger than yourself to make any type of decision. Not 
how is this going to affect me? How is this going to affect my family? How is this going to affect my team? How is this decision going to affect the greater good of the company? How is this decision? And it was really cool because you're like, yeah, if this guy can be at a um, near-death situation and still have that attitude, he's living it. And so then afterwards, there was Q&A, and my question was really simple because they both, Itamar told a really harrowing story also mm-hmm. about a very near-death experience. And I just asked, um, okay, what about these oh shit moments? How are you able to control your emotions? And they both gave some really good advice. Uh, and then they, they gave these harrowing stories, keep that in mind. So it's not like you're just saying, oh, it's, it, it's almost like, it's not somebody going, well, I read this. It's like, okay, when I was in this situation, this is how I saw it. And Chris immediately said, breath control. I control my sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system using breath work. So I control my breath slow it down and that way you can continue to think clear itamar agreed and then described how he thinks of himself in the third person as a neutral party what does itamar need to do in this situation and the story he told was really scary so you're just like wow okay so although both these guys are highly trained these very simple philosophies can be applied to life can be applied to business And I love that these two guys moved on and their second careers are to share this knowledge and they're elite coaches. They help, you know, with the uh, companies and CEOs and stuff. And so I got a real, I, I thought it was super, super cool. So I think that the, they, they won best presentation. They did. So you effectively broke down the, there were the, honestly, the entire, the entire conference or meeting was littered with great content. And we won't go into near as much depth on the rest, but there's a reason why we spent a lot of time on that one specifically because it was that intense, that informative, yet so many lessons from it were applicable that day. How to handle stress. Who, who doesn't need to, to learn how to handle stress? But look at Chris. I got to know Chris a little bit better than I got to know uh, Itamar for, throughout the week, but Chris lives exactly as he, as he presented himself in that particular seminar. Um, his wife, Andrea, they, they are both full of life. They attack everything with an incredibly positive attitude. I mean, incredibly positive. And they make the most of every single moment. And it's a, the whole time, though, they're, they're preparing themselves so that anything that could be stressful doesn't need to overwhelm them. Mm-hmm. And that's, you, you, can, you can feel that you know, hanging out with Chris. So I, I thought it was a fantastic presentation. Yeah. Which, uh, anyone jump out at you that you thought was, uh, that you enjoyed going to? Well, I didn't want to take up too much time. I did stop in briefly for better humans, which was, uh, Katie Wells and Kate Byers. And they essentially were talking about how can you commandeer and make certain that as you're educating your kids, raising them, whether you happen to homeschool them or just kind of monitor how they handle their schoolwork, um, you know, in a traditional school setting, that they are not over-influenced, hyper, uh, what should you say, hyper-influenced on things that could be taking them away from maybe your core values. And I mean, I think even 10 or 15 years ago, I don't know that that was necessarily on my radar. I didn't necessarily think of that. I mean, I, I raised my boys in a smaller town, so I felt like we had our finger on the pulse of things. But I think that if we're being honest, the dynamic whether you agree with some of the changes or not, changes have occurred. They're real. And if you're not prepared for them, they may actually end up influencing away from what you as a parent desire for your kids to 
learn, embrace how their value system is built. And so I thought this was a very timely presentation for them to do. So I thought that Kate and Katie did a great job with that. Um, did you have anything? Did you, you didn't see that? I didn't go to that one, huh? but uh, it sounded awesome. And I spent a lot of time talking to both of them outside bar. And so we, I asked them what they're going to talk about their lecture and they, they told me. So the, the fun part of this is while, you're hanging out at various times at the pool or whatever. It's like, oh, you're talking tomorrow. And then I ended up doing that. I ended up giving like a two-hour presentation in the pool and all those people that were there, I'm like, you guys don't got to come because <laughs> I covered my end. If you, if you did it in the pool when I saw you, that would have been a hell of a presentation. It was a great presentation. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one who is a staple every time that he, he's able to come to a meeting is Jack Alaka. Yeah. And the guy is, uh, is a PhD from Melbourne, Australia at the university. <laughs> Uh, he's, I mean, I think he's, uh, presented in over 40 countries at this point. Um, he's instrumental though, with his research on every continent other than Antarctica, obviously, but, um, to influence and help really either discover research guide, whatever it happens to be in regards to things like PTSD and use, using things like, uh, psychotropic medicines. But we've, we've kind of covered that essence before, but I will just leave with this one nugget from his presentation that I hadn't really considered before. And even just a few episodes, we talked about the benefits of coffee. Mm -hmm. He actually broke into elements that people don't consider on their applications of caffeine. And is it really as safe as we think that it is? Oh, really? So most presentation seminars at these events are around an hour. Jack talked for two and a half and Whoa. no one left. Wow. But his research is just so extensive and he's really, really good with his words and his selection. He keeps your, I mean, your attention is not going to fade away while you're listening to him. Um, but I, I would like a different presentation style for the, for the show for us to kind of get some of his notes and talk about his questions around caffeine. Cause I thought that they were rather fascinating. I mean, you know, I've talked about the mechanism of action of, of caffeine. Why does it give someone perceived energy. And the truth is, is the action potential, the threshold is lessened. So if it only takes so many millivolts to uh, elicit a response, uh, caffeine actually lessens it so that you actually have a faster twitch response or whatever it happens to be. Then the same thing would go for thoughts, anything that is a neural propagation. But he talked about some of the detriments that go along with the dependency on it. Not should you never have caffeine, but possibly daily is not the wisest move. And for years, obviously, I've been a coffee drinker, but that was probably one of the first times I really. What was the? But what was the rationale? Well, the incidence of loss of sleep that is not necessarily been calculated. I, I'm not going to do it justice. I didn't prepare for that part. So okay. it's immediately. Well, just as somebody who drinks coffee every day, I'm like, no, I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm here to give you some bad news, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I mean, I, it's worth discussing. And the cool thing about Jack is whenever he presents something, he's not saying that he undoubtedly believes that this is the end and you shouldn't have caffeine anymore. But much like Jack presents material, he's like, right now, my, my influence is maybe this isn't as good. And he always leaves the door open that possibly we could find out that it's not as bad as I'm finding. Mm. The, last, uh, the last one I wanted to give credit to was, uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed this one, but this one was uh, Jody Cook. She and her husband, Ben, I believe this was their first time to come through. And the premise of uh, the name of uh, her lecture was around content creation. And for those of you, if you've not necessarily ever had to manage 
you know, marketing or outreach to a community, it's still new to Ken and I both, that content is just the material that you create to share with everyone. But I went hoping to learn a little bit more about how to streamline content, and I did. But what I really learned, what I really learned is that Jody made Jody made fans of people that were already interested in what she could offer on helping corporations or small businesses uh, have a have a better business. But she she made uh, better fans just by simply breaking down her day to day stuff, humanizing her process, showing what her team does, and just sharing it her her struggles, her her victories, uh, just perceptions, and some of them really may not have pertained exactly to the process or the the business that she's offering. But what it did is it humanized. So in other words, let's say that someone wanted to um, investigate Autron Teal a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they most people who want to find a personality around Autron Teal are going to stumble upon a video or a how-to from you. They may see a, a podcast that I'm featured in. But beyond that, they may not necessarily see Dacia, Hillary, Mike, Nick, Wade, on and on and on. And by not seeing them, it's kind of it's kind of a disservice because Joy, for instance, Joy would be a great. These are all team members. Yeah, at I'm sorry, Altrontil. Yeah. All, all team members. Thank you for setting that. I'm just talking about like y'all should all know by now. <laughs> but all of these folks at, at Altrontil are actually what make the company incredibly special. And so just seeing how they've all adopted the lifestyle of eating well, utilizing polyphenols, but also living their own lives. Um, Nick has just now gotten into uh, uh, brilliant uh, jujitsu. Just so happens that Wade and Mike and Luke have done it for a long time. Dacia is really into orange theory and different things like that. Hillary apparently likes hanging out with Dacia. Whatever it happens to be, but they've, they've got lifestyles that incorporate and show that they're humanity. So, so when she gave her lecture, she was showing this, that like, this is, this is, this is my daily routine. This is the routine. And we share this because we're like-minded and we have a greater why. Is that what she was ultimately? Yeah. Yeah. That's really where I was trying to lasso it, it back to is that uh, what Jody was able to show is that highlighting the personality behind your brand Ooh. is actually some of the strongest content because you're humanizing not only your process, but your service. And that's really tying a lot back into BBW. Yeah. Humanize what you're after. All Find the altruism in your effort. Yeah. In yeah. That's awesome. Well, I've got tons of other notes on different lectures, but we can go on and on about it. But anything else you want to comment on the meeting itself? Ooh, meeting itself. So uh, first, before I, f- before I forget, the music. The music every night. Uh, the, yes, the live music. Yeah. So Hollis and Lovich have pieced together a six-piece band. And then they, they had an opening band also. It was very, very good. Um, and that was a, a three-piece. But um, there's no doubt that the night was electric with uh, DJ, Mike, on yeah. and on. So it was lectures during the day and then everybody outdoors sharing, breaking bread with each other. And So we always have a family-style meal. And we mentioned about the food uh, on the mainland before the island, but every every night we always had at least one fish, one type of sea animal, sea urchin, octopus, something like that, and then a terrestrial um, meat offering. Either it was lamb. Uh, I think we had duck one time. We had uh, what else? We have we had chicken and we had some kind of grass fed beef. I mean, it was all the meats were phenomenal, yeah. and the the vegetables were were great too. But it was super healthy. 
and that kind of it's just it's it's just awesome to be around such vulnerable honest people that are all super intelligent a little quirky and all are into health so i'm pointing at you because what i think and it's we it's the point we haven't really i'm stumbling over my words i'm trying to come up with this but we haven't really touched on the most important part and that's the human side of the meeting yes and Every time we've gone to this, so this is my fifth time to go to a gathering of BBW, first time to Croatia, but fifth big, big meeting. Um, it doesn't matter. The human element seems to be the most important. And sometimes it will surprise you how it either helps you, brings awareness to something, whatever it happens to be. But once again, not even remotely let down just outdone from all of the other times about human element, human interaction. And the cool thing is, is after you make good friends with these people and you share your stories and you learn a little bit about their business and their, their home life, their, their family, their struggles, suddenly you've got great potential business partners when you leave and you can't wait to help those same people because you learn that you've got a lot of, of altruistic goals together what do you think yeah no i totally agree and i think about like how many medical meetings i've been to where people are somewhat guarded they really don't share a whole lot mm -hmm. everybody feels like they're competition or you get back to those fear things the imposter syndrome or am i missing out am i not doing something right it never felt like that it's just you know i'd say yeah i had this we had a situation happen in our organization and it was real tough and the person talked to you was like yeah that happened to us also yeah this is this is how we got over it and then you're like oh this is you know this is people willing to share their failures with you so that you can navigate other people so they don't step on the same landmines which is just great and it's just it's all about you know benefiting the greater good your greater why once again it keeps coming down to that same thing it's kind of wild because you can have we could have been friends with several of the people there for years, which we have been. And ultimately, sometimes someone will step up and surprise you with how they can help you. Yeah. Like it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I do want to just uh, really quick talk about my trip back. Oh, okay. So back to Ken's trip. Yeah. Okay. On the way back. Oh, back. Yeah. So I did not... <laughs> I did, I did not... I was not able to teleport back. But something really cool, I don't think I even told you about this. Uh -oh. um, in fact... You hold down the mic for a second. Let me go grab something. So I'm going to pretend to hold down the mic that hasn't been picked up nor moved. Is uh, Ken runs through our very, very large studio. He's all the way down the hall, also known as underneath the camera. <laughs> all right. So coming back from uh, Split Croatia, and I was going to go connect in Heathrow, and I'm sitting there, and somebody uh, sat next to me. Sorry, my allergies are killing me. Somebody sat next to me and he looked kind of familiar. I was like, man, that guy looks a little familiar. That's okay. odd. And super nice, just like great British accent. Like, cheers. Oh, great. You know, thank you. You know, it's like super, super polite and everything. Okay. And then uh, he was just sitting there and he's like, what brings you to Croatia? And so we start talking. And I just kind of like, yeah, I'm part of this group. And everybody's like, wow. I said, yeah, it's really cool. And he's like, like, what'd you get? And so basically he was asking like what the meeting was like. Uh -huh. I start getting into it and um, he's like, man. And I'm like, what brings you to Croatia? He's like, ah, I just came off a shoot. And I'm like, shoot, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'm an actor. I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, oh, oh, dope sick. And he's like, is that where you recognize me from? I'm like, dope sick. He was the drug rep in dope sick. No way. Yeah, dead serious. Will Poulter is his name. And yeah. he just got done filming Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh. 
or maybe it was a little while ago because I think it comes on 2023. Sure. And so he was just kind of rest and relaxation in Croatia. Good for him. Yeah, really cool. And then he's also been in We Are the Millers and then uh, yeah. Cart. You know, I just, and so it was really great because I was like, oh, sh- my gosh, that's first of all, you did an amazing job on Dope Sick. And I live that. We had drug reps trying to get us to sell that drug <laughs> and everything. I said, but I remember, you know what was really cool? is when you did that basically when he was with the other rep and I was like you were jacked he's like thank you I worked really hard for that I was like yeah I was like man this guy's jacked he's working out like that you know <laughs> so polite in a British accent it's, thank you that's that's so nice of you to say that so dope sick was was that on that was on Hulu wasn't it I think it was on Hulu with Michael a, Keaton yeah, yeah honestly really really good breakdown and as someone who worked for the the dark side pharmaceutical company years ago, I would say it's spot on. So yeah, it was really cool. So we had a nice talk. It was like three hour flight. And, but then we started, then he circled back to baby bathwater and I was like, you know, I mean, will, and then I just turned into like the stuff we just conversations we were having already. And I just continued with that. I was like, yeah, so will, I'm like, so what's your, what's your greater, greater purpose? What's your massively transformative goal? What's your why? And he goes, spit bit awkward because that's what I've been trying to figure out. Okay. He's like, yeah, I mean, he's clearly this massively successful actor. He's okay. got tons of business. He's been acting since he was 12. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's been doing it a long time. That's his craft. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm like, what? He's like, I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about, I just don't feel like I'm giving back enough. I'm thinking about doing a charity. And I was like, yeah, right on. That's so cool. And I, I just started saying that this is one of the things we didn't get into, but baby bathwater supports many charities. Like we talked about generosity feeds and I'm like, yeah, this is actually something he's like, I'd like to learn more about that. And I was like, Oh, and so I just gave him my phone. I'm like, if you want it. So he put me in WhatsApp and sent me a thumbs up. And then I was like, okay. Cause, um, we were just kind of disgusted. So it was like, he was like, kind of like, what an odd thing that we're sitting next to each other. And this is the thing I'm working with. And then he goes, I have something for you. And he pulls this book out called as a man thinketh the original 1902 edition, the wisdom of James Allen. Hmm. And he goes, a woman gave me this book on the premise that when I finish, I have to give it to somebody else. He goes, I want to give you this book. And when you're done reading it, mm-hmm. you're obligated to give it to somebody else. It's an easy read. 1902. Essentially, it's about being present. Wow. It's about controlling your thoughts. It's about realizing that you're in charge of your brain, mm-hmm. not your brain in charge of you. And so that as a man thinketh. And so it's as a man thinks, though, that's how he shall act. The effect of thought on circumstances. And, and but I'm like, 1902. Guys talking about this. Yeah. So on the air, it has been passed on. The book has changed hands. That's awesome. This is your book now. When you finish it, you have to give it to somebody. What a cool story. It was really cool. And it was like after that meeting, it just made sense. And I think that it came about because of the openness that we just went through, because of the honesty we just went through. And and I totally honest i was like oh i like dope sick i like that scene you know and it wasn't like oh my gosh you know and he was just super cool he's like huh all right so hopefully um you know i i said just reach out whenever you think of something you want to do we would love to help out your charity so Um, when he gets that up and running he pronounces the name polter is that right i think so polter will will polter yeah i remember him yeah Yeah, that's cool so as a man thinketh 1902 We've been trying to figure this out since at least 1902 in print. <laughs> Pretty sure it started earlier. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it started. Earlier. There's a whole chapter on avoiding TikTok, also. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> You've taken away all the one-liners in the show, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it was just, uh, it's just, it just, we're just sharing this because it's really special that there's a lot of people in the same boat, no matter what boat you're in, oh, and a lot of people. I forgot to say, I forgot oh. to mention just one thing. So, something a little bit about the environment uh, of what BBW is. Just a, just a small little caveat. So, Hollis Carter and his wife, Cynthia, who is also the, basically, I guess, the lead administrator, is that I mean, she's definitely the, I mean, she's the mm, boss. Pretty sure she's the boss. I mean, Hollis and, and Lovich, their name's on it, but they pretty much do what Cynthia says yeah. they're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, so well, however that organization <laughs> goes, and if I use the wrong terms, shoot me. But regardless, uh, Hollis and Cynthia are, number one, they're, they're lovely people. But they've got a relatively young son, newborn, and Cynthia had her mom come out to the island to basically keep, their son on the island so that they wouldn't have to be without him. And honestly, it was just such a cool event. I mean, yeah. they embody exactly what they, what they say they want us to do, which is grow together, humanize your process. And I thought that was super cool. And meeting Cynthia's uh, uh, mom was a total treat. Yeah, that's awesome. So, well, that's, that, we're going to wrap it up for this one. We're going to get science in the next couple ones because we're, I'm just going to, we're going to teach each other how to live longer. We've got a lot of information on it. We'll do a few on that. We've got some great guests that are coming up, but I really, I wanted to share our experience on this one. So definitely, I don't have a whole lot more to add. It was just a great trip. Thanks for everybody who showed up out there. And uh, honestly, it'll, it'll benefit everybody that we serve just the same. Absolutely. All right. Have a good one. See y'all. That's a wrap for this episode of the Gut Check Project, and we appreciate you for being a part of it. Be sure to follow us on your favorite platform for podcasts. You can find the GCP on Locals, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Rumble, and more. And you can always check out gutcheckproject.com to find all episodes and interact with the show. Tell your friends and family not to wait to get Gut Checked.